What is up, guys? I'm Jack William, and in today's episode of Before the Money, I had the huge pleasure of hosting independent musician and my good friend, Renee Lefer. This episode is fun because by the time we sat down and started recording, we're already a few parallels deep, and the shit talk is is very, very real. So I just wanted to preface that one for you guys. So we got chatting about what it was like growing up in a small country town on a mango farm. I think it was less than 400 people that lived in the town. Really, really tiny. And we we really, early early on in the piece, we got stuck into what it was that really lights him up, you know, as an artist, as a musician, what, what has made him want to take on this unforgiving industry that is art in general, you know, the creative fields are hard, they're saturated, but the thing is as well, they're super, super fulfilling. So we chat about what it is that fired him up and what it is that kind of got him into the industry in the first place. And I there was a story that he mentioned uh, halfway through that really caught me by surprise because there's lots of people that get into music out of this burning passion to create and, and to be a musician. They have like these visions of you know themselves up on stage and things like that. But um, Renee actually really wanted to be an AFL player, professional AFL player. You know he played professionally as well at, at the one period of time. And what actually happened is he kind of encountered some unexpected financial difficulties, which then he then thought, hey, I might just go try busking. See if I can earn a couple of hundred bucks just to help me pay my rent, help me pay my food, all that kind of stuff. And he discovered a, a love for music that very, very quickly overshadowed all the other aspirations in his life. And I found that super interesting because it was kind of like a reverse on what typically happens when people go into that industry. But on that note of, of ambitions as well, like, I find him super inspiring because um, as you're going to hear about shortly, we are recent housemates and when I say he, he works hard, I he's always in his room creating, he's always jetting off to gigs, he's always in the studio and it's super, super inspiring to see someone have that much passion and that much drive towards creating a future for themselves and, and building building out the, a, a life of passion and things like that. And as you guys know, this is before the money. We're all about people that are trying to do things that are bigger than themselves or to create lives that could only be dreamed up by most people's standards. So make sure you stay all the way to the end because he also does drop a ton of value um, on how to be a self-managed artist, how to take care of your PR, all that kind of stuff. And there's also a little nugget of gold as to when exactly in the week you should be releasing new music. So make sure you stay to the end so you can get, pick that one up. Now remember to head over to anarchylabel.com after this episode. Copy yourself 15% off our entire range. Use the code BTM15. We would absolutely love to have you a member of the community. It's super, super inspiring after we drop an episode to see you guys come through. Those discount codes shining brightly. Love to see it, guys. It really does mean a lot. And if you find a piece of value in here, if you have a little bit of a giggle, please just share it to your story. Uh, if you're on Spotify, you can now leave a rating. So just drop us a little five-star rating. It takes two seconds. If you're on Apple Podcasts, a review. If you're on YouTube, a subscribe, a comment. Anything you can do, seriously, guys, helps a lot to in order to help us spread this message of positivity and growth. So without further ado, I'm going to see you guys in the studio. Peace. Let's get after it. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome back to another episode of Before the Money. We are blessed to be in the presence of Renee Lefer. 
Mate, I am just so grateful to be here. How you doing? You should be grateful, man. <laughs> you should be grateful. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing really good, brother. How are you doing? Living the dream, seriously. Yeah. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Now, you just kind of wrapped up work for the year, didn't you? Uh, I had my last shift today. Yep. yep. And I am, yeah, I'm just cruising. I'm, I feel feel so happy to just be 2020, yeah. 21 is pretty much done for me, so... Yeah, fantastic. And just so for like context, so this episode's dropping in about two weeks. So it will be twenty twenty two by the time this comes out. It will be. Yeah, fantastic. Yes. Yep. So uh Renee, you are a, a musician. You've you know, you've been grinding at it for a little while now. Yeah. You know, uh lots of admiration for that. You know, your your music's fantastic. Like I see you to for context as well, you know, we are recent um housemates. So I are. I get to <laughs> I get to see the behind the scenes keeping up with Renee Lafleur, 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 Lafleur. I love it. Um, so I get to see the behind the scenes. You know, you're always in your room making music and all that kind of stuff. You're always rushing out to gigs, spending so much time in the studio <laughs> and stuff like that. Should so. be cleaning more, I reckon. <laughs> hey, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, what happens at home stage? Now, yeah, right? <laughs> come on, this is business. We'll, no, no, no. We'll keep it business. Uh, so yeah, no, I just wanted to get that out of the way real early because um, you know, you you work hard, you work hard at your craft, and so we do have uh, a little bit of a snippet. Of, of one of your songs as well, just so that people know what they're dealing with. So, should we dive straight into that? Absolutely, let's do it. Yeah, fantastic. So, the name of the song is Here For You. It and, is. you know, this this one's done quite well for you as well. So, let you were just giving us like a little bit of a backstory. This this was a song that, you know, re- you recorded for free. And yet, it's it's gone on to be one of your kind of most successful tracks. Yeah, yeah. I was so lucky. Um, I found a... a really good producer i won't mention his name because he likes to be uh confidential but yeah you know he just wanted to help out a young artist like myself i was so new to writing and, and recording it was the first time i've ever been in a studio and he invited me around um and recorded the song for me produced it mixed and mastered it wow. um all in one and uh yeah it was the first song i ever wrote first song i ever released and it was here for you and yeah i'm very grateful to be yeah. able to yeah yeah, because that. That, that's gone on. I was looking at Spotify today. That's got 750,000 plays, man. That's nothing yeah. to sneeze at. No, yeah, no, I'm really stoked. Like, it's yeah. crazy, yeah. Fantastic. Very crazy. So, Scott, in the booth, whenever you're ready, buddy, let's play the track. Here for 
mm, 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 mm. That whistle is infectious, isn't Oi, it? Wait, I tell you what, eh? Yeah. Can you give us a live demo of that again, please? All right. It's no copyright, okay? All right. <laughs> I can't promise anything. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's selling records. <laughs> How good. Yeah. How good. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay at singing, but my whistling's, you know. Dang. If I do say so myself, probably my strong point. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you said that and I didn't have to. <laughs> so you came from a huge, huge town in northern Queensland. Yeah, probably one of the, the most renowned uh, places in, in probably the universe, I'd say. Especially for music. Yeah, <laughs> especially for music. Yeah. Um, guru. Guru. Yeah. And what's the population of that <laughs> metropolis? I literally just looked it up before I came here. 340, 354 people. 354. Well, actually, 353 now that oh, I'm left. They lost their biggest star. <laughs> and so you, you come from like a, a farming background, mangoes and cattle, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. My family, um, yeah, we had the farm for a couple of generations and that's where I grew up. Mm -hmm. Riding dirt bikes. Actually riding quad bikes, but I was never allowed a motorbike. So, really? Yeah. Quad bikes are like more dangerous. I know, I know, but yeah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's Dad's, fantastic. Yeah. I know quad bikes for for work, so yeah, that's true, why true, I true. Had a purpose. Uh, I got grilled in the first week that we were living together because I bought the wrong type of mango, didn't I? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Don't go buying those clips of mangoes. I don't care if there's any clips of mango owners here, right. because your mangoes suck. Right, Get Kensington Pride, Kensington also known Pride? as Bowen mangoes. Bowen mangoes. All right, yeah. so we're what five minutes into the episode, and he's already dropping bombs on us. Oh, seriously. Make sure you get a Kensington Pride. It'll, it'll change your life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was it like? You know, were you, were you into kind of music uh, from a young age? And if so, what was it like trying to pursue music or literally do anything creative in a small country town? Yeah, it's funny because I never saw music as a career ever. Mm -hmm. um, wasn't even on the radar. Um, and if you asked me five years ago what I was going to do with my life, I would have said I was, I'd be a football player. Yeah. Um, that's why I moved away from home. But... Yeah, my parents are really um, musical. My dad plays and sings multiple in instruments and, and my mum sings and plays as well. And um, yeah, they always, you know, brought me up with, with the Beatles mm -hmm. you know, records and, and deep, even Deep Purple, uh, Billy Joel, Dan Fogelberg, like all those kind of um, indie artists back in the day and yeah. which, which are now huge. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe not indie, but they're, they're, yeah, huge. Um, and yeah, so I, was always, I always grew up with it, you know. Um, dad taught me a few chords on the guitar when I was about 12 and I got my first guitar when I was 12 and mm -hmm. yeah, just since then taught myself how to play and, and, um, yeah. Have you always been self-taught? Yeah. Yeah. At guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. No, I, I, I was kind of like self-taught, um, with drumming for quite a while until eventually it got to the point where my parents were like, all right, well, he's not going to stop. So let's give him some lessons, you know, <laughs> like. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I definitely would have progressed um with lessons you know um but it's also cool to say oh yeah self-taught yeah. yeah and you find your Marty own Schwartz. different ways to do it <laughs> <laughs> for any guitarist out there yeah you know <laughs> got, yeah. every guitarist will know that okay so um enough of the silliness right let's get down to brass tacks let's do it renee lafleur what is it that gets you fired up man you know it gets me fired up good mango not a calypso mango <laughs> A good mango. What uh, gets me fired up? Uh, you know, honestly, statistics. I freaking love a good spreadsheet. How's that? Throws a spanner in the works. Right? And you've, 
You've showed me your spreadsheet oh, yeah, action. I love it. I love it. I yeah. love maths and, and that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's weird, eh? No, it's not well, weird. It's not weird. It's yeah. just, yeah, I bet you weren't expecting that. No, it definitely wasn't the thing that I thought you were going to drop on us just then. What were you expecting? I don't know. Um, Reincarnating Jimi Hendrix or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> Doesn't be the spreadsheet. I'd <laughs> <laughs> rather a good, good color-coded, like very, you know, with heaps of formulas spreadsheet. Yeah. Okay. So, um, on that note, then let's kind of dive in because I know there's lots. There's there's going to be some musicians listening, right? And they're 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 wondering like, how do I actually take this music thing seriously? Or, and you approach it very systematically, which I also admire. You know, you and I had a good old chat the other day about everything that you've kind of accumulated, all the knowledge you've accumulated over the last few days. So what are you, what are you putting in those spreadsheets? Um, and let's just kind of break down your, your method and stuff like that in terms of, you know, seeking gigs, defining your style, getting into playlists, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge topic. Yeah, um, we got I time. guess well, we do, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, being, I don't know, like I've, over the years, I've kind of learned that, you know, being systematic and planning things in the head is just how you have to do things, especially mm-hmm. as an ind- independent artist. Um, if you're not, you know, unless you're like crazy, crazy talent, you get signed really early as a label, mm-hmm. um, you have to be, you have to wear so many hats, you know, you have to wear, you have to do your own PR, you'd be reaching out to radios, you got to time management, social, which is socials are like a full-time job pretty mm-hmm, much 100%, this, this day yeah. and age. Um, like it gives you no time to write. So unless you have these systems set up and a clear plan of what you're doing, um, yeah, you, you, you just get lost in, in this whole, this whole the yeah, whirlwind of tasks. Of tasks yeah. yeah. So you plan, you plan out kind of your, your songs so that you've got a, a clear deadline to work towards when you're going to be in the studio, all that kind of stuff. Yep. And well, so when you're maybe reaching out to, let, let's focus this, let's nail it down a little bit. PR. Yep. All PR, right. Yep. So I, I saw that you have a very clear PR strategy for every single song. Yep. So what, what is that? And when did you kind of build that, build that together? Like it's, yeah, it's funny that you say that because yeah. like I've not always you know, obviously done this, I've learned over the years. So this is the first time I've actually planned 12 months to the date in yep. advance. Um, and I feel so organized. And I feel so much more energetic yeah. and, and um, inspired to, to, to do everything. Um, but yeah, like for the PR side of things, um, you know, I've got a four week plan before and, 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 you know, after release mm-hmm. of um, exactly what I have to do. So like the first, you know, you obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but <laughs> for some people, yeah. you know, but just starting out, like when I started out, I didn't know what I was doing, but, um, yeah, you know, you want to upload your song to, to the distributor four weeks in advance at least. Um, and then you want to be contacting radio stations, trying to hook up interviews. Um, if you've got a PR agent on board, you know, they'll be helping you do that. And mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, as things get closer to the day to release, you're just, um, prepping everything for the day, yeah. um, which you can then, you know, roll out your socials. Um, whichever platform you know is best suited to your audience and your community. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it's I've tailored it to kind of what I, what my audience likes and what I think works for me. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think it's different for everyone. And you also mentioned a a, a specific um day of the week to post as well. Yeah. What um. About? Fridays traditionally have always been um the day to post. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's, uh, release. Sorry, not yep. post. Um, because 
Uh, it's all to do mostly mostly because of the charting aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't really matter that much if you're an independent artist, uh, but you know, especially. But if you're big, if you're a bigger artist, um, you want to be getting as many uh, downloads as many buys in the first week so that it puts your chart pr- position higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and they update the charts every Friday. So, or they collect the data every Friday. So True. So by posting on Friday, it gives you the longest kind of run-up time to accumulate data. Exactly, yeah. Yep. 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 Oh, that makes perfect sense, actually. And uh, when you first told me about that, I was like, oh, I didn't even register. I'm like, oh, you know, you just put the, put the music out there and like people like it, they like it, streams go up, you know what I mean? Yep, yep. Oh, that's funny, yeah. hey. This, yeah, it's like... You know, all, everyone talks about their Spotify and, yeah. and Apple Music al- algorithms and and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah, it seems to that seems to be the, the way to go. So I want your I want your take on it because the music industry seems to be kind of split down the middle with their perspective on Spotify and all that kind of stuff and just streaming services in general. So on one hand, yeah, it's cut the it's cut the amount of revenue or like the the cost the price of music down Mm -hmm. but at the same time i feel like it's made it more it's more accessible to have your art seen so where do you kind of stand on that Uh, i wouldn't sit on either side of the fence you know i think you should always be looking at both sides of the story so yeah for me um here for you took off with streams um because you know everything around me was kind of happening and and it uh, pushed me out to a lot of different playlists like Discover Weekly and Release Radar and mm-hmm. and um, it generated a lot of algorithmic streams through that, which yep. then turned into organic streams from listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like if if Spotify wasn't around, you know, I, you know, if you probably would only got like a thousand listens, you know? Mm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's always, it's catch 22. Like if you're an independent artist, you know, yep. exposure is key. You know, I'll do, I'll do so many yeah, I'd, I'd probably take a, a bigger gig that's free, you know, just so I can get the exposure. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense because yeah. at the end of the day, you're not doing it for the love. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You do it. Yeah, you sing. Oh, I, I do. I do my art so I can connect with people and share with people and express myself. So yeah. Anyway, I can do that, and if you know, if I can make money along the way, then happy days. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. You know, I love that, and there's no better feeling than just playing music in front of a live audience. Yep, 100%. So speaking of doing it for the love, you have a brand new track. It's a, it's a cover that you're going to be dropping in just a couple of days on the 7th of January, aren't you? Yes, cannot wait. It's, yeah. um, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. It's coming from your mouth. <laughs> so uh, we've got an exclusive for you guys because uh, this song is not out and it's about to bless your ears. So stay Day by Kid Leroy, covered by Rene Lefleur. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's roll that shit, man. Need you to stay when I'm away from you. I miss your touch. You're the reason I believe in love. It's been difficult for me to trust, and I'm afraid that I'm gonna mess it up. I can leave you stranded Cause you ain't ever left me empty-handed And I know that you know that I can't live without you So baby, stay
have balls <laughs> <laughs> as far as i'm aware i do that a boy i knew you could do it yeah that's a beautiful <laughs> song man mate i would love to be the one who wrote that mm-hmm. and be a multimillionaire. yeah but it is be- it is beautiful actually really beautiful written track um yeah. i didn't realize like the song itself like the way the melodies go mm-hmm. it's actually really well written like when you listen to the original track it's like boom 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 yeah. boom you know and you don't really think about the actual song yeah. It was really well yeah. written. Mm. Yeah. And th- I suppose that's why they do so well because people can really connect to like the lyrics, even if it's on a subconscious level. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Because he's a fucking huge artist right now. And so, what is what is the purpose of doing a cover? Yeah. I mean, it's great to reach out to new people. And, you know, if someone hasn't heard me, mm-hmm. you know, if I release a cover and they can relate to the song, especially like a really hot song at the moment, you know, um, by Kid Leroy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great way to connect with more, pe- more people and, true and yeah and a a song like that that people if they know the lyrics then they can rather than trying to figure out the lyrics of a new song for the first time they can kind of connect to it and they can just focus on your talent yep you know what i mean so yeah really interesting so i want to dive into a little bit of um what goes on in in renee's head you know what's (laughs) your (laughs) have we got enough time for that (laughs) Probably you've probably got plenty of time actually. Oh, <laughs> There's well, not much going on up in here. <laughs> Twelve hours later. Yeah, literally. No. Yeah. Uh, so what 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 drives you to to do this thing like this music thing, man? Because it's a just like probably a lot of the creative space. It's fucking saturated, and you've probably heard it a million times. Like very few people make it, and yet you're on that kind of hustle every single day. You're making music, and all, you're just going for it. So what what is it that's like driving you? Honestly, sometimes I don't even know. <laughs> it, it, you're right. It is. Mm-hmm. It's difficult, but it's so like it's such, such like delayed gratification. Yeah. Um. And just I don't know. The best moments for me is when, not when like a paycheck comes in or anything like. It's literally when someone sings my song or someone you know posts a story singing this singing my song mm-hmm. or is at the beach and here for you is playing with my crappy whistling. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's. When people, you know, people appreciate um, and connect with what I do. Yeah. Uh, that That's that's huge. I, yeah. I, I resonate with that hard, man. Yeah. Like when your art is appreciated. Yeah. yeah. And like, I love, you know, I love like buying nice things and, mm-hmm. and you know, I'd love to have a nice car one day. <laughs> but at the end of the day, yeah, like when people can, you know, people send me a message like, oh, that song, you know. Mm-hmm. I was in a dark place and that song really helped me out of it and that kind of stuff. It's yeah. literally like priceless. So mm. yeah, every time that, that kind of comes in, it literally reminds me of why I'm doing it. Yeah, no, I get that exactly. And I was I was down in Burley um, the other day and I saw this guy wearing one of the t-shirts that I made like literally back in grade 10. True. You know? And wow. like, that just ignited me so far. Because like, I, I see my stuff um, being worn every now and again 
But to see someone wearing like one of the OG pieces. That's sick as. Was really, really, really cool actually. That is hectic. I I resonate with that uh, a lot. And the very first time that I saw someone wearing an anarchy piece, like I just lost my shit. Do you go up to them? Oh, I do every time. Yeah? Yeah. Every single time. Wow. You know, and they're always kind of like, there's a few people like, oh, cool man yeah I, I don't know where i got this shirt from <laughs> <laughs> that's so good yeah, yeah. Uh, oh one guy um one guy actually it, what another guy that was wearing one of my older pieces um i went and spoke to him he's like oh yeah i bought it at vinnie's <laughs> <laughs> <Actual? Yeah. laughs> i was like sick oh uh, legacy that's lives the best on story. yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least it wasn't thrown out like it's recyclable it's yeah. good enough that's yeah. the way that it's i framed it it's good enough to find a new home <laughs> That's Absolutely. amazing. That's amazing, yeah. man. So I'm um, waiting for the day I find my my CD in a in a Vinny store. That'll be sick. Are yeah. you gonna do vinyls? I I got my last EP mastered for vinyls, mm-hmm. and then I never did because it just cost so much money I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. But definitely, like you know, as things kind of pick up and you know I get a larger fan base, it, yeah, I'd hundred I'd percent yeah print some vinyls. That would be like a really good um promotional piece. Eh? Even even if you did do like like the five thousand, once you get a decent audience and you know they're all signed or part of them are signed or something, because five thousand signatures that's a, take you a long time. I would I would definitely do them if I was doing more. <laughs> would <Yeah>. I? <laughs> Especially with a name like mine, yeah, it's bloody long. Um, but. Yeah, no, I'd definitely do more if I was touring more, mm-hmm. like if we were able to, you know. A little birdie told me that before COVID-19 swept the world, mm-hmm. um, you were heading over to the States for South By. I was. Yeah. South by Southwest. I was uh, meant to perform at two showcases there. What would that experience been like for you? Because I'm not f- too familiar with what South by Southwest is. Yeah, so it would have been literally like, Biting into a bone, bone mango. That's how amazing it would be. Man, it's the end of the day. Don't get me too excited. Let's get through <laughs> it's this. 35 degrees outside. <laughs> like, get a one in. Anyway. Yeah, no, it would have been, it, literally, it's, yeah, it's, like, if you don't know what it is, you know Coachella? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, like, bigger than Coachella. So. Wow. Yeah. It is a, it's a lot of, like, up and coming, that kind of, you know, discovery kind of artists so you know you don't get huge names yep. necessarily but yeah it's uh yeah it's well they were getting renee well that's true isn't it yeah you know, but they were rules are meant to be broken am i right that's right yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> this has been like um somewhat informative but there's been lots of shit talking in this episode there hey? definitely has yeah <laughs> I, I just can't help it honestly i talk so much shit <laughs> i know like, I just can't help it. Literally. Yeah. I, I, I like it as well because we bounce like in, in the house and stuff like that at home. It's just like, and same with um Adam as well. Like he's, yeah, just he's a legend. Shit talk king. So it's just like, it's just the environment for it. You Boy, know? It's so good to be around aspiring, like successful people. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's what this whole show is about. You know, like we're getting people on that are motivated, like regardless of what you're motivated in, what you're, field of expertise is yep. is we we want to kind of showcase people and give a platform to people that are trying to create something bigger than themselves and 100%. like you know create create a life past the norm you know and you're definitely doing that like especially when i see how hard you work i've mentioned it a few times in this episode because it's like you know and i can see it well work was the wrong word to use there yep. i see how much time you put into creating oh thank you no you know? yeah and yeah. uh, you got to work on your drumming, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard me drum yet? I've 
I've tried not to Ooh. listen. Yeah. <laughs> On the SPD. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Righto. Whatever. Whatever. No. Nah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly yep. right. We can't all be Jack Williams. That's exactly right. Yeah. 10 minutes to go. So, I want to ask you a question, right? So, I, if you could have dinner with someone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Gee, I hate these questions because I, like, I never know. But dinner with someone, probably be like um, Megan Fox or something, hey? Yeah, I'd shout her. I'd, <laughs> yeah. go, I'd, I'd, I'd shout her, even though she's like multi-millionaire or something. Like yeah. Nah, nah probably, I don't know. I would love to have dinner with, like, I know this sounds so cliche, but and it is for anyone who plays acoustic guitar, who's my age, but I love Ed Sheeran stuff and mm-hmm. what he's done, where he came from. I'd love to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a valuable conversation. For yeah. You. Um, I like, and he seems like a really authentic person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where I want to, you know, take my brand. Yeah. That whole ent- authenticity. Yeah. Uh, approach. Well, so, now that, now that, the, was that my stuff? <laughs> <or your laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. It was, it, it was it's funny with yeah. the headphones on, you can't really tell where st- sound's coming from. Yep. You know, it just comes from everywhere. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, I feel like that'd be super valuable. And what, what would you want to learn from him, do you think? I just want to learn how, you know, how, where he started. Like, I, you see, like, bi- you see artists have big breaks, like a perfect example, Tones and I, yeah. I'd love to sit down with her and be like, so like, well, mate, got you into music and do this whole podcast thing with her and mm-hmm. talk about, you know, the five years leading up to when she had, you know, made history with her song, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, that's the thing, like it takes a lifetime to come an, an overnight success. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so many people are like, oh yeah, she had one song, that, you know, one hit wonder, whatever, or like that kind of stuff. But it's yeah. like. To be able to have that, you have to put yourself out there so much. You have to learn so much mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And on that note as well, putting yourself out there, you've done quite a bit of busking. Yeah. And so what was that like in the beginning? Is like I started busking originally because I was playing football full time and yeah. I was at it's uni. AFL, isn't it? AFL, yep. yeah. Uh, and I, yeah was at uni as well. So I couldn't, I didn't have time for a job and no place would hire me because of my availability. Yeah. So I literally started busking at Carrara Markets mm-hmm. and I bust there for like three years and man, I pulled out so much money out of that place. Like it was ridiculous. I, like, cause I was at uni, I'd never had a job, never made any money. I was living off like 20 bucks spending yep. money a week. And you know, I started busking and, and that's kind of where it literally all started. Really? So yep. you didn't have aspirations to pursue a music career? No, I, I literally yeah. was like, you know, if I can make an extra uh, 300 bucks on a weekend or whatever it was, you know, yeah. to then, yeah, pay my rent or I can save that. You know, it was kind of like a, I want to say a, a businessy thing, mm-hmm. but it was, it was so much fun as well. And, and then I ended up growing to love it so much and it was so rewarding that I was like, man, why, why am I trying to, you know, sit in an office and be a physiotherapist? No offense mm. to any physiotherapists out there, you know, mm-hmm. but for me, um, I just wanted to do something that, you know, that seemed impossible for a farm kid, you know, yeah. moving out of home. That's interesting that you've, you've said that because most people overcome the fear of busking out of the love and passion to become a musician, <laughs> you know? I feel like that's what it should be, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I tell you what though, like I love putting myself in uncomfortable positions um 
I only started like I was so scared to sing when I first started singing. I was like 16, 17. I so I felt like so judged. Mm-hmm. And um, I auditioned for uh, the school musical for the Peter Pan school musical. Were you Peter Pan? I was Peter Pan. Oh, I, bro. You even I, look like him. <laughs> <laughs> I act like him, eh? Yeah. Literally. So they, they picked me for the role. That was before I'd ever sung in front of everyone. And the first time I ever sung in front of my family, like my mum and my dad, was, you know, in front of like 500 people for the auditorium mm. on stage. And that was putting myself in that unco- uncomfortable position. Like That's just, I, I love, I live for that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. it then enables me to grow. And that's what I... That's how I like gauge, I guess, my success is that growth and, you know, un- overcoming the next thing and just bettering myself. Yeah, that's super powerful, you know, and I, I feel like that uh, I have the, a lot of these conversations with budding entrepreneurs. It's like when when you're not putting yourself outside of your comfort zone, number one, you don't know where your boundaries are yep. and you're you're not growing because your body just gets stuck in the habits and, and repetitions of the same situation. Yep. So that when you get hit with a curved ball or situations change, like, you know, COVID, for instance, where shit hit the fan, everybody's plans changed. You don't know what to do with yourself because you're not used to being outside your comfort zone. Yep. You know, so that's a super valuable to uh, skill to have innately as well. And to even seek pleasure outside your comfort zone. <laughs> Insanity. Insanity. Uh, I don't know. It's a, Yeah, I don't know. I'm real competitive with myself. I was talking about this with someone the other day. Like, um, I'm such a competitive person. Mm-hmm. But I never, like, if you know you're at school and you're playing soccer and the you know, recess or whatever. I, I would never like get angry at anyone else, like get so aggressively competitive that I'd be angry at anyone else. I'd, mm-hmm. Like, but I'm just so competitive within myself. Mm-hmm. I just want to achieve. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It's such a weird thing. I don't know what, like, I don't know what's going up, on up here. Eh? Uh, it's crazy. But no, it's not weird at all. It's like valuable, man. Yeah. And it's because you hold yourself to a high standard. Yeah. You know? No, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's interesting, man. I like, and I love that because there's lots of overlap with your skill sets as a musician to take yourself into business as well. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any ambitions to, um, like, say for instance, let's do a hypothetical, right? Well, this I is somewhat these. of a hy- hypothetical. When, when you blow up as an artist, you've got influence, you've got kind of some resources at your disposal. Mm-hmm. What then? Do you have um, aspirations outside of music that you want to accomplish? Interesting. I'm so focused on music. I haven't even thought about that. Eh? Mm-hmm. Um, I, d- I, I really want to be able to work with the best of the best. Yeah. Um, and just like be around incredible people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can't plan that. You know, no. you can't be like, I want to go and see Elon Musk and sit in a room with him and mm-hmm. play beer pong or something. You know, like you can't plan that. Mm. That's kind of the, the experiences I want. But outside of music doesn't have to be outside of music. I was just kind of planting the seed. Like if yeah. music is your thing, then chat about it where you where you want to go with it. I honestly don't know. Yeah. That's a really hard question. Okay. Something I probably should think about. Mm, yes and no, because there's like um there's lots of value that comes from being laser focused on mm-hmm. the on the present time as well. Yeah, true. Especially I've, in a creative endeavor like music. I've yeah. always wanted like I know like I'm not even trying to be like that the big guy or anything like that but i've always wanted to do like a third world country kind of thing yeah. where you go over and you work with them and educate and stuff mm-hmm. so i feel like that would be something really cool to set up um It'd be like the next acon did he do that he went and built like hundreds and hundreds of villages over there man. really yeah that's I why, I that. that's yeah. why there was like all these memes it was like how come acon can go and like house 
however many thousands of people, but World Vision's been at it for ages and done virtually nothing. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to go over and, you know, change lives. Yeah. I mean, you can change lives, of, you know, you can change people's lives with music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just want to connect with people. Yeah. yeah. That's nice because that's what music's for. I want to yeah. help younger artists too who have the same passion. Maybe I'll start a record label and just rip people off or something. Nah, I won't rip people off. Nah. nah just, just a little bit. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because nah. that's the thing. So on that note as well, how does that industry need to change, do you think? Because it it's like... Stop calling art content. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Yeah. It's not content. It's art. You know, well, there's content and there's art. Yeah. Don't mix it up. True, because... Put value in art. Content's like fast food. Yeah. You know? Yep. And then art is, is like... Well, so what do you think about NFTs then? On another note. Well, I'm actually looking into doing something for my EP. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you know how Tory Lanez released his um, album as an... Uh, NFT. Yes. Sold what, like a million, million copies, copies in ninety yeah. seconds. Yep. Crazy. F- fucking crazy. Because that's platinum. He's the fastest first artist to go, well, the fastest artist to reach platinum. Yep. That's crazy. That's so crazy. It's hectic. Yeah, it's interesting because I've been like diving into. I've been in the crypto space for years and years and years. Um, but NFTs and everything that's kind of happened in the last twelve months. Is literally just shaking the world, and I'm so excited for it because yep. it's like it's decentralizing the power. Yeah, you know, and the the people in charge are shitting themselves right now. Hundred percent. Yep. You know, it's fantastic. So you've got plans to build it out an NFT for? Did you say your EP? My EP, yeah, which your will EP. be out in June. Okay, and so how how do you go about finding someone that can do that? Like, honestly, I have no idea, but I'm gonna make it happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I've. I've got a few ideas in the works. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but... No, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But what what I'm kind of referring to is like, you know, there's not that many people in this, like developers in that space. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you can find a web developer on Fiverr in 30 seconds. But it's like finding someone that, you know, understands the blockchain and smart contracts and all that kind of stuff. Yep. They're few and far between. Yep. No, you're right. Yeah. You'll do a bit of research. Yeah. But you'll do it. You know, it's that attitude as well. It's like, I'll figure it out. Yeah, 100%. You know, yeah. if you've got that attitude, you already have figured it out. I don't know if, like, this is what I've always said. You just take a bite and then you, like, it's big, like bigger than you can chew. Mm-hmm. And then you just chew the, chew the fuck out. Just make sure there's not a worm in it. Just make sure it's not a fucking Calypso mango. <laughs> they suck. They suck. Oh my god, this is hilarious, man. So, uh, uh, for background, like I grew up on a mango farm. My nickname's Mango, and yeah, you know, no, uh, no, we get it. Right, man. Yeah. We don't judge you that much. <laughs> Sick. So we have a minute left. Um, where can where can our audience find you, bro? First of all, before you jump in and answer that, mm-hmm. thank you for coming on. This has been a hoot. It's been a hoot and a half. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I love I love doing this kind of stuff and talking yeah. talking to people. It's been an absolute pleasure. Where can our audience find you? They can find me anywhere. Um, on the Mango Farm, <laughs> on Spotify. <laughs> um, jump on my Spotify, jump on my web- website, um, YouTube, mm-hmm. LinkedIn. All right. And how do you spell your name? R-E-N-E mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. L-E space F-E-U-V-R-E. Rene Lefleur. Rene Lefleur. But if you just look up R-E-N-E space L-E, I should pop up because it's a pretty unique name. 
And on another note, I didn't mention it early on. Search that into YouTube and watch his um, blind audition for The Voice. Oh, yeah. We didn't even mention that, hey? Yeah. No. There you go. It's good. There's no point living in the past, though. That's hey. right. Yeah, that was, that was a few years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. Because boy George, he turned around and his eyes lit up. <laughs> <laughs> they surely did. They yeah. did, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, he almost knocked his hat off. Uh, yeah, nearly. Renee Lefer on all platforms. This has been Before the Money. I am Jack William. Thank you guys so much for giving us your time once again. If you maybe chuckled a few times or you found a little bit of value in this episode, please share it to whatever platform you choose to do so. Thank you guys so much. Peace and love. Fuck yes. Mm. Good times. Fucking good times. What is?